How is everybody doing? It's Saturday, April 8th, 2023. I'm John, flying solo tonight. It's kind of a show, it's kind of a special, a little bit of a hybrid tonight. We're going to be talking about the Mario movie and what I've been playing, and I'm going to answer a few of your questions tonight. So welcome aboard. You are probably expecting a regular show, and uh, Drew is out today, and so what we decided to do is um, I'm posting this as a little special, a little hybrid show, a little bit of what we usually do, and we're going to come back with a new episode next week instead. Why is Drew out? Because he's a whiny baby. No, no. Uh, Drew's not feeling too well. Um, He thought he had some strep throat today. He did not. Um, His daughter did. And uh, he's got a big presentation this week. I'm looking forward to hearing all about it on next week's show. And he wants to kind of save his breath a little bit. But um, I did invite him to give us his review of the Mario movie. And I have a little clip that I'll be playing later. So um, we're not going to be totally drooless um, tonight. So I'm just sitting here relaxing in my room. It's nice and dark. It has been a stressful week. Oh, my goodness. And I'm just relaxing. I just came back from Easter shopping. To give context, tomorrow is Easter. And, uh, you know, we don't, you know, you know, celebrate it as like a religious holiday. It's 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 a it's a candy holiday. Um, but for some reason, we waited until Saturday night before Easter uh, to get uh, Easter candy and that sort of thing. Eh, what can you do? Sometimes you just have to wait to the end. We were going to go earlier today um, because I got my house painted. Wow, got my house painted. I did not think I was going to get my house painted. Um, So for a little bit of context, the front of my house, uh, one particular area of it was really shitty looking. And every day I saw it, I was just like, God, I feel embarrassed to have that in front of my house, you know. And last year, six, seven, eight months ago, maybe, right? it was right before uh, the winter was starting in 2022, I went and got a a proposal for how much to paint my house. Originally, I just wanted them to paint this one ugly area of the house. And they were kind of like, well, we don't really do that. And it's like, okay, can you paint all the trim, right? And they gave me like a price to paint all the trim. I was like, okay. And can you give me a a price just if you wanted to paint the whole house? Price to pay a whole house. I don't know if you've ever done this. Um, It depends on the size of your house and everything. We have like a two-story house. It's not huge, um, but it's not small, I guess. And it was about (laughs) $13,000. It was like, oh, shit. Um, So basically it was like, "Mm, no. And then they they actually quoted, no, actually it was $14,000. And then they quoted something like 12000 for just the trim. So, like, you know, between the two of them, right? 13000 No way. So uh, we didn't do it. Come along this year, and our HOA uh, sent notices to quite a few people in, um, in our neighborhood um, that you need to paint your houses. And my house is 10 years old, and they used some pretty bad paint when they did it. So there is a lot of really faded areas. And... We had areas of our house that were painted black that we didn't even know were black because they faded so long ago and they kind of mixed in with the brown that we have in our house. So long story short, we got an estimate from another painter, $7,500, still really expensive, but oh my gosh, like $6,000 less than the others. So we did it. We just, we just did it. And that was uh, Thursday, Friday, and then today all day today and what made it really stressful was when they started painting on thursday it was about noon when they had done a lot of the prep work on the house and they started painting Um, they used the wrong color our house is like kind of a tan it was going on like red and uh they notified my wife first that the new paint was much brighter or whatever but didn't send any pictures and around that time i went outside she was she's she was subbing all week I go outside and I look at the front and I'm like, whoa, like that is a big difference. But when I went outside and saw it and the painter saw me, he goes, is this the right color? And I'm looking at it like, well, it was really faded and it looked like a very familiar color. And I was like, I think so. And then the more I researched it and then I actually found a picture of our house from 10 years ago, I go, oh, that's not the color at all. And um, spent the next four hours trying to figure out if I should tell them to stop painting 
or because I actually did like the color and Michelle liked the color, just keep going. But then we would have to get it approved by the HOA. Anywho, we didn't hear back from the HOA and we decided, look, this was their fault. And even though they spent a good deal of time painting it, um, we're like, we have to repaint it. And they were fine with it and everything. But they were originally like talking about splitting the costs and whatever. And it was just such a headache. But anyway, we talked to the main guy and they were like, yeah, you're right. This is this is our fault. So, yeah. So it took probably a little bit more than it needed to. And, you know, when you have people painting your house and they're constantly in your windows and you just want some privacy, um, it can be a little bit stressful. But it's all done. Looks fantastic. Very happy with it. And so that is off mind. And now every time we've today left the house, come back, I'm just like, oh, yeah, it looks great. Um, so that's cool. A quick eye update. Um, if you haven't heard, I was having eye issues uh, shortly after our episode with uh, Justin Masson. So I, bl- I blame him completely. Um, but this week, my eyes have gotten better. Um, and what a great week for them to get better, too. Uh, Monday, I, the double vision had kind of gone away. And um, each day they were improving, improving to the point where I was able to drive to the Mario movie on Wednesday and I was able to watch the Mario movie. Uh, It was a little double vision and the Mario movie because the the screen was so big and so far away. Um, But every day it's gotten better and better. I haven't had to use the eye patch all week. And as of right now, I'm a little weak to my left side, you know, but um, no, it's great. I, I can do anything. I can drive. And I'm looking forward to maybe rewatching the Mario movie next week so I can see one Bowser instead of two. Um, but yeah, that's great news. Um, so that's my eye. And um, yeah, that's about it. So, But it's been a little bit of a stressful week, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad um, that week is over. All right, some housekeeping before we begin. Monthly mayhem. That ends tomorrow. That is the, uh, the Kirby, uh, Kirby Deluxe what have you. Uh, <laughs> what is the name of this Kirby game? Oh my God. Oh, Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. We have the four challenges and I'm going to take a look here at the scoring. What do we got here? Wow. Oh, wow. So as of right now, the overall leader is Nick Tendo with 43 points. He is ahead of Darth Platypus. They have 38 points. Drew is in third place with 31.2 points. It's not a Drew contest unless there's decimal places. Uh, Koozie's got 31. Who knew? I mean, you know, he muddles along as a gamer. Max Power 21.2 and Hambone Johnny in last place. You will not see many contests where Hambone Johnny's in last place. Everyone should remember this. Um, I still want to throw my, my hat in the ring. We'll see. I might do it tonight. But great job, Nick Tendo. You are crushing it, dude, man. Oof. Seriously. Wow. Um, so that contest is going to end to, well... It ends tomorrow because that's when we do our show, but um, it's still going to end tomorrow, even though we're not doing a show. And we will announce the winners in the Discord and on Twitter. Um, We'll talk about it maybe next week, but um, since uh, the show's being recorded prior to Easter, uh, because Drew's not here, then um, we'll just post it in there. So good luck to everybody. Um, We'll see if anybody has sandbagged their scores. Please don't do that, though. It's not not as fun when, when you just hold on to them too long. All right, let's talk about what I've been playing because uh, we're going to not do this next week. So um, let's do it now. I played Super Mario Brothers 3. If you remember on the last episode, I talked about going through Super Mario World and loving it. I wasn't sure if I ever beat that game. When I was a kid, I didn't beat every game that I played. I rented a lot of games, too. I didn't own as many games. So I was just like, I'm not sure if I've gone through this. Plus, I know that there's all these secrets and everything and all the multiple exits. And that's why I played it. And I completed it all. And I said, I want to play Super Mario Brothers 3 next because I'm thinking Super Mario Brothers 3 might be the better game. I played through Super Mario Brothers 3 along with Drew, by the way. And we both did it in one day. And I am here to say that my favorite Super Mario Brothers game, real Super Mario Brothers game, because I still think I like 2 the best, is... Super Mario World. Super Mario Bros. 3, I like the aesthetic of it. Uh, it's I like the whole, like, is this real life or is this a play sort of thing? I like all the different, like the frog suit. It, I always feel when I play Mario 3 that I don't have a full sense of what's in the game. 
You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't have a full control. What's the P-Wing? What's the frog suit? What's this? What's that? Uh, how do you fly? I, I've just, for some reason, I've never had a full kind of control of it. But the idea of Super Mario Brother 3, Mario the Brother, SMB3, getting into this game was, you know, oh, I'm going to find all these secrets by flying high in the air into the clouds and, and doing all of that and seeing how they handle doing everything. And I was really disappointed. The first thing is I very rarely, I don't actually, I don't think I ever, except when I accidentally did it for fun, shot into the air to look for secrets. I honestly didn't. I thought I was going to do a ton of that the whole game. And I really didn't. I was kind of going through levels and I figured, oh, I'll look for the secrets later. And yeah, I really didn't. And then as it turns out, there's not really any secrets. There's not really a lot of like hidden levels. You don't have to do every level in the game. I think I did. I don't know. Maybe there's some hidden things. I don't know. Uh, went through the game. Enjoyed that I went through the game. Um, but still, uh, it doesn't have a save state. Or I mean, it has a save state with the uh, Nintendo Switch Online, but you can't save your progress. So when I finished the game, and I was a little disappointed, and I said, okay, I think I did like Super Mario World better, but let me go find these secrets, because uh, Drew had sent me a list of some, um, I don't know, some secret things, some levels where you have to get a certain number of coins for something. I don't even know what it is. I couldn't go back to my game. It just said one player, two player. I did one player. It started back at the beginning. So kind of showing its age. That's the way games were back then, I guess. So I really enjoyed tracking down all the stars in Super Mario World and all the exits, and having my game saved, and so, yeah, a little, little thing. The other thing about Super Mario Bros. 3 that I really didn't like, it is very crufty. Is it not very crufty? You constantly have to do the little, you know, match up the three characters to get an item, uh, uh, jump the box and, and get all the, like, the tic-tac-toe with the shapes, and then there's the um, pick the treasure chest, and then there's the matching cards. Like, what are all these fucking mini games about? It was constant to the point where because I was using Rewind a lot, I didn't really need lives. So I was really bored with the games. I would pick the first chest that I found and just move on. Like, I, I get it. I think it'd be more fun if you didn't have Rewind and you really needed to, like, get as many lives as possible. So I get that. I, I understand Rewind does ruin some of the joys of a game. But man, there's a lot of not playing Mario in Super Mario 3. I'm just I'm just saying that. It, I I did not like that aspect. I just wanted to play the next level. The levels are also really quick, too. I, it's just not as deep as Mario World. And it makes sense, because Mario World's a newer game on a, on a better console. But yeah, I was a little disappointed. Another old game that I played in these past couple weeks is just out of the blue, NES Remix 2. And this was, I think I might have mentioned this on the last show, but because the Wii U eShop was closing, oh no, our last episode was about the, the Wii U um, eShop closing. But because the shop was closing, I went down and I wanted to see, first of all, if my Wii U ran, because people were saying that if you don't turn on your Wii U for a long time, it dies. Well, my Wii U has been sleeping for years downstairs in my basement, so that wasn't a problem. And I started playing NES Remix 2 just for fun. And I started enjoying it. I was having like a good time with it. So that night I like really like cleaned out that basement area. I cleaned off my Wii U. I dusted the table. I reorganized a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I should play some more Wii U. And so I just kept playing NES Remix 2. And my eyes were still bad. So I was playing with my eye patch on and everything, but I was just having a great time. I'd go down there, I'd play through all the punch-out levels, which were really fun, and then I played through the Mario 3 levels, which really helped me when I played Mario 3. And I was just so addicted to it, I was trying to three-star everything. I wanted to triple everything. So I went through some of the older stuff that I didn't three-star, and I made sure I got those. I got 504 stars. That's all of them. I unlocked every level. There is one more level that you can unlock. So I think the max is 507 stars. But in order to do that, you have to not only three-star everything, you have to get the rainbow stars, which is like an S rank. I, I was not going to go back and try to S rank everything. There was some hard stuff in there. I felt good with the three stars. And so, yeah, I was pretty proud of myself that I, I here I am finishing NES Remix 2 all these years later. I just had a blast. And I think someday I'm going to go back and do NES Remix, I think. Um, not yet, but someday soon I'll do NES Remix. 
And then I'm seriously debating playing Xenoblade Chronicles X on the Wii U. I've never played that game. I've never even started that game. And I got a little console downstairs where I can go and play it. So one thing I forgot about the Wii U is that when you put it to sleep, the game shuts down. That is really weird because these days games are just always resonant in memory, right? The Switch, the Xbox, the PlayStation. Like it's never a problem. And so, yeah, I would come back down to play NES Remix 2 and it would be starting up over again. And I was like, what the hell? And then I realized, oh, this is how it worked back then. <laughs> so maybe that'd be annoying because playing Xenoblade, I'd have to play for longer sessions for it not to be annoying that I have to keep rebooting the thing. But I mean, that game's not on Switch and probably never going to be on Switch. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Uh, another game I've been playing, Fire Emblem Engage Wave 4. Fire Emblem Engage came out in January 20th. Fire Emblem Engage is one of my favorite series of all time, and I love the game. I loved it so much that after I completed the 45-hour, basically main story plus some extras, I played it again. A few days later, I started up another save file, played it again. And that's the main save file I've been using because I did all the paralogs. I did all the divine paralogs. I did all the levels. I did a bunch more of the training um, room, like uh, training battles. I didn't do all of them. I mean, they're kind of infinite. But um, I did just an absolute ton. And then I bought the DLC when I did that because I didn't do that the first time. So I got to play through the wave one and the wave two and the wave three. But I noticed the waves were coming out fairly quick. So it was like, when is wave four? Wave four is a whole other story. Okay, that's probably down the road. You know, three houses, that DLC came out much later. Nope, it came out this week. When did it come out? April 8th, uh, 7th, 6th, 5th. It came out the 4th. They said the 5th, but it came out April 4th. That is like two and a half months. Two and a half months after the first game came out. And in that two and a half months, that wasn't just like the first DLC. That was the fourth wave of the DLC. The DLC cost $30. That is half the price of the game. What is up with that? And even though I did enjoy having these new characters, I love getting Camilla. I love all the, the bracelets. They're all useful, the Three Houses characters, whatever. It wasn't like it was this ingenious, amazing DLC. It didn't build out a whole new world. It was just some other characters and some kind of bland dialogue, and then you have new powers. And I'm, I mean, you could have you could have like thrown this all together in a day, honestly. <laughs> you know, it was just kind of bland. So wave four was the promising one. That should be the meaty one. And I'm here to tell you it's not. Uh, basically, wave four is six new battles. And in those battles, you can gain some new bracelets. There's some new characters, Nil and Nell, and um, some other characters that you get to. Uh, specifically, uh, maybe I shouldn't. I should. I don't want to get too spoilery with this if you haven't played it. So I won't. But Nil and Nell. And then you get some other kind of secret characters. It's basically six battles. The first three battles were really easy. I mean, laughably easy, almost like boringly easy. Because, you know, you already beat the game. I think you only have to get through... I think they said you only have to get through like six... Chapter six of the game to do wave four. However... Most everybody who bought the game day one, by the time they're playing it, they've already beaten the game. So it wasn't difficulty scaled. That's fine, whatever. But it was just really easy. I think you just need to make your DLC clear about when you should be playing it, you know? So um, the last three levels were definitely a little more challenging. But one thing about them is that you play them all on casual mode. You can't lose uh, your main character, Alir, and you can't lose Nil or Nell. But any other characters that normally would die in the level, uh, they they it's like casual mode. They'll come back, okay? Because this is more of like a memory of the past or whatever. It's it's a really weird story, and every battle has some cutscenes before it, and they are long and they are bland, and they're telling a story which, even right now, does not make much sense to me. I really don't know what the story was about it wasn't really real but it was real it is weird and they could have done some really interesting things with this story but they just didn't 
I don't know what it is. Maybe they felt like they were they were kind of handcuffed by the fact that they couldn't talk about certain characters because those characters could be dead in your game. So they were sort of restricted a little bit. But it was such a weird time story, and I was not enjoying it. Every time these cutscenes happen, to put in perspective, uh, my Switch's screen will dim after five minutes. Usually it would dim a couple times as I was watching these cutscenes. It was so boring. So i got to say... Um, you know, you'll get some characters out of it that you might like, but it was not exciting. It was no more than five hours. And yeah, it was just a big disappointment. I just feel like it was really padded with these boring cutscenes, And then the battles were just whatever. I would say of the six battles, uh, only a couple of them were uniquely interesting. And one of those was the last battle. And I still don't know what that was all about. Um, there's this dragon and you can't attack it, but then at some point I realized I could, and then I just kind of killed it really easily. I don't know. It was weird. Not a way to go out, but, uh, looks like Fire Emblem Engage is done officially. I don't think there's gonna be anything else coming out for it. Um, love the game. Uh, I liked the first three waves of the DLC, but the fourth wave of the DLC made me realize that was not worth $30 at all half the price of the game for some pretty lousy DLC. A little disappointing. Another game I've played, and I started playing this a couple weeks ago, is Wargroove. I loved Wargroove back in the day. And after I finished Wargroove, at some point they put out the Double Trouble expansion, and, and that was free. And Drew and I played that together for a while. There's so much to do. And it's a game that's very similar to Advance Wars. Um, you have a, a commanding officer, and all the other units are sort of throwaway. If they die, they die. It doesn't matter. It's not like Fire Emblem or anything. And um, you're trying to build units and that sort of thing. They, you can't combine units the way you do in Advance Wars. There's some differences. But the storyline is pretty good in Wargroove. And I love all the unique power-ups of the characters. So I don't want to sit here and say what I think is better, Advanced Wars or Wargroove, but I really enjoyed Wargroove, and I'm excited for the Advanced Wars remake to come out soon, too. But it's great. If you loved Advanced Wars, you definitely should be playing Wargroove as well. And so I wanted to replay it again, and I knew it was a game where you got stars for you know how good you do with the levels. And there is the main campaign. There are like puzzles. There are, there's an arcade mode. There's the Double Trouble expansion. There's so many ways to earn stars. I think there's like 200 and something stars in the game. And I decided to just replay it because Wargroove 2 is coming out this year. And I just wanted to play it. It had been years since I played this game. And I'm here to tell you that I played through the entire campaign. And I unlocked the epilogue when you need 100 stars to unlock the epilogue. I three-starred every level and every side quest level. I only two-starred the final battle. And then I haven't done the epilogue because I just unlocked it today. And it is a long battle. It's like a 45-move sort of thing. And I just was not in the mood, honestly. But yeah, I, I, I beat it a lot more completely this time. And um, yeah, I started working on puzzles to try to get to the 100 stars. I'm not sure if I'm going to continue it very much. Drew made a good point, which is I'm going to tire myself out on this kind of game when Advance Wars comes out in about 10 days. But man, I loved it. And I might come back to it. And you can sit there and do the puzzles, which are kind of maddening and sometimes not very fun. You have to like defeat the enemy in one turn. So they're, they're short, which is great. But man, like there's some levels where there's just a bunch of people just seemingly randomly scattered on the screen. And it's like, ugh, it's just hard to really think through. It's just a mess. I think good puzzles should have a sort of logic to them, a sort of um, uniformity to them that you can kind of look and, and work things out. This is just like, ah, oh, there's just a bunch of characters all over. I would like to try to three star that final battle. And I would like to do that epilogue battle, but it's a really long battle. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of fun with Wargroove. I can't recommend the game enough and I cannot wait for Wargroove too. I did try once I could see this week, I was so excited. I hadn't played my PlayStation since this whole vision episode began. And I had at that time had been in post game of Harry uh, Hogwarts legacy. And I was, you know, kind of in the, one of those modes where I was 
trying to 100% it, but I knew I would never fully 100% it, but I was just trying to like finish things off. And then all of a sudden I couldn't see anymore. So I hadn't really turned on my PlayStation in over three weeks. And so I came back. The first thing I did when I could see was I downloaded Sackboy. It's one of the free games that you get for April. So if you're a PS Plus member, you own Sackboy forever, as long as you're a PS Plus member. And I've been really excited to play Sackboy because to me, it's like a like a 3D Mario adventure. Um, I think I played Little Big Planet. I don't think I played any of the others, but I, I enjoyed it. It's fun, very, very creative, very cute. And this one looked more like this isn't just just about making levels like the first games were. This is really just a like a 3D Mario or whatever. And I have to say, I played it for several hours on Wednesday. And I have to say, it's really good. It is beautiful looking. Um, it's clever in places. There are so many collectibles. There's um, there's your score. There's like three stars or whatever that you can get for your score. Um, there's uh, five, well, not always, but these little five gems that you have to collect in every level. There's so many like things you have to do to complete a level. I found I wasn't really having a lot of fun playing it. And so I stopped. It's a good thing I didn't buy the game and I put it on PS Plus. It's very hard for me to pinpoint what is wrong with this game, but I just wasn't having fun. And I think a lot of it is because Sackboy runs pretty slowly. He just runs pretty slowly. I don't know what it is. He's just, it's, I don't know, it's kind of slow. And I kind of feel like the game is made for not just like a younger audience or like family audience, but for younger kids. I don't know why. There's difficult sections in the game. Whatever. I don't know. I beat the first boss on the first try, so maybe that's not it. I don't know what it is. Maybe I just wasn't in the mood or whatever, but I think a lot of it is that you have to get these little gems. Uh, I don't want to say gems. Let's call them dots. You have to get these little dots in the levels, and you get the dots by breaking boxes and beating enemies and whatever and you have to get you know there's three tiers of how many dots did you get and so if you really want to be completionist about this game and you're trying to do all just like with like a yoshi game trying to do all the accomplishments for a level you've got to just like beat up everything and break everything and find everything and it's just not really fun it reminds me um of the lego games where i got really burnt out on lego star wars just trying to get you know, the, the bricks that you need for that level. And then I just never really played any more Lego games again. I just I just get bored because I'm just constantly like, get get bricks, get bricks, get bricks, get bricks. And it's like, I don't, I don't really do it. So I kind of stopped playing it. But I enjoyed kind of what I played. But yeah, it was just, it was getting old quickly. Um, but give it a try. You can download it. It's free. You know, if you're a PlayStation member and you're going to be for a long time, just claim it. You know, it's it's a big first party title for them. Um, be curious to know if people loved it more than I did. And the last thing I played, and I'm not really going to talk about it right now, but this is the time. This is the month I'm getting my revenge. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, the game that killed me a year or two ago. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to it for a few reasons. One, I added it to my backlog along with some other famously difficult games that I couldn't beat because I'm on a revenge tour. <laughs> So I refuse, I am sick and tired of telling people, yeah, Sekiro, oh my God, that game whooped my butt and I had to quit. I just couldn't do it. After playing Ghost of Tsushima, and it reminds me a lot of that game, I love Ghost of Tsushima. So it kind of has inspired me. It's like, I want to play another ninja game. So I'm going to play Sekiro. I ended up buying it digitally and selling my physical copy because I'm into digital games on my PlayStation now. So um, I feel it was a nice trade. It's always there for me, and I don't want to put a disc in my system. So so yeah, so I began the game, and if you've ever played it, there is a tutorial section, which is part of the narrative of the game. And then once that tutorial section ends and there's like a big story beat that goes on, and then you sort of get accustomed to, okay, now you're in the world, and here's how you save and whatever, that's where I stopped yesterday. And so that's where I am. So I'm going to be trying to play through this. And I hope my goal is by our next episode, which is next week, I am not only understanding the battle mechanics better, because I think that was my big problem was I was just, I'm not really a parry guy. And so I hope that I'm understanding the parry mechanics and doing them better. But I want to be past where I was last time I played. I want to, and I got pretty far. I might have been 10 hours in, so that's going to be a big goal. But I want to get past where I was so that I am doing new content again. Because I think for a little while, it's 
gonna be like oh i did that i did that i did that uh and, and i need to really get through that um but the way i'm gonna try to do that is i oftentimes would like kite around and and not play the game the way it's meant to be played because parrying stresses me out and when you fight the bosses and they hit you they take huge amounts of energy out of you but i'm just gonna take these bosses on and i'm gonna parry 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 i'm gonna play the game the way it was meant to be played instead of running around and hoping for the best and that sort of thing because if i can't beat these bosses by doing it the way it's supposed to be then i probably just need to throw my hat and that's it just give it up um so that's my goal so we'll see where i am next week all right i think it's time for the meet let's talk about the mario movie oh my god so i got to watch the mario movie on wednesday i was very happy i didn't have to use an eye patch i couldn't see it the best oh my gosh the mario movie was even better than i imagined it would be uh, met the hype. I had so much fun. Uh, by the way, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm not going to be like super spoilery. I'm not going to go through the storyline of the, of the uh, movie. Um, but if you haven't watched it, I'll put in my, in the podcast notes, the, the timestamps, and you can sort of skip out of this. So uh, if anything can be spoilery. Um, you've been warned. Go look at the description. I'll tell you when to, uh, fast forward to. So, yeah, it was so good. Just, I love how in the beginning when you saw the illumination credits come up and you see the little little guy, what are, what are those, the minion? And he's in the he's in the cart and you hear the Mario Kart sounds and it's just like, wow, what a way to get you like going for the movie. It was like, what a great opening act. And then Nintendo had their little opening cinematic, which I feel like we're going to see a lot. That was not just a Mario movie cinematic. I mean, that was what we're going to see in a lot of these movies going forward. And it just brought both of those just brought me so much joy. And I was so ready for uh, this movie. It was great. So (laughs) I was shocked to see that the first scene of the movie was the first trailer that we saw where we're in the Ice Kingdom and Bowser's getting the star from the penguins. It was a little different. It was clearly edited in the trailer. Um, the music was different. There were some lines and stuff that were omitted and, and not in there. But it was like funny to see that. Although it made me feel like, oh my God, I feel like I've seen part of this movie already. I, the storyline for this movie really feeds off of that first scene because here is this all-powerful superstar, which in the end of the movie, we find out, it just gives you invincibility for a little while. I don't know when it's supposed to end. It's supposed to be timed. Can you imagine if this big superstar was all that you needed, and but you, you only got it for like 10 seconds? <laughs> um, and I think this whole star storyline thing really was the weakest part of the movie, which was, okay, why is the star deemed so powerful? And why are these little penguins protecting it in a world with Bowser? And did anyone think maybe we should take that star and we should secure it a little better? I don't know. <laughs> It was just all a little too easy. But you know what? I don't care. You know, it's a kid's movie. Whatever. They, these movies always have tons of weird plot holes. I don't care. It was a, a fun movie. And I loved every minute of it. I love the Punch-Out Pizzeria. There were so many little Easter eggs all over the place in that scene. It was driving me nuts. Um, but I love the fact that they were leaning in so hard to Punch-Out. And Charles Martinet was voicing uh, the guy playing the, um, what was he playing? He was playing an arcade machine. And I love that. And I love seeing Mario's family. That was really fun. And I just, the way Mario and Luigi are brothers and like, we just don't see that side. We know that they're brothers and they're plumbers. We've seen it in the show. We've seen it in the old movie or whatever. There was just this bond that they had between Mario and Luigi, which was just so nice and rich. And I just loved it. Mario was like sort of the older brother and like, we're going to be okay as long as we're together. And I love that. I did a 90 second review of this movie and you can find that on our YouTube channel. And I said in there that I hope that when my sons watch this movie, that they would really embrace that because I try to tell them a lot of times they're always not like fighting, but they always like snipe at each other. You know, they don't want to one up each other. If one of them got the last piece of cake, the other one would be mad at them. And I just hope they see it. And I always tell them, 
you're brothers. You guys are family. You guys need to stick together and stick up for each other and be proud of, you know, your family and who you are. And I, I hope they they got a little bit out of that from the movie. That's all I want to say. But, oh, man, the you know, the story goes quick and the movie's 90 minutes, but it feels like five minutes. <laughs> it's so good. And I love the way they handled Mario and Luigi kind of getting sucked into the pipe. That it was like level one, two. And obviously the reference there is in the second level of the original Super Mario Brothers, level one, two. That's when you start off the level and you go right into the pipe and then you go into the, the sewers. Um, they get sucked into the Mushroom Kingdom and that's when we meet Toad and whatever. I love the Toad world. I got a little tired of it at times during the movie. It just, I don't know. It was like, it was delightful and whatever, but, it, and it was pretty. Oh my God, it was so pretty. But I felt like we were seeing it a little too much. You know, they would climb up the pipes and go to the top and all that like the more i think about it it's like oh my god they're just constantly dealing with i don't know pipe references and all that stuff the antique shop was really funny with blowing in the cartridge then you get the storyline with peach and i loved peach let me talk about all the characters here for a second peach was probably my favorite character in the movie because she's always been a damsel in distress in prior games there are some games like, like Super Mario Brothers U, right? Uh, is it? I can't remember. But Super Mario 2, obviously, but that's not really a Mario game. For the most part, she's kidnapped and we're trying to save her. It happens in tons of games. It happened in Super Mario World. I just finished it. I love that she's just kick-ass in this one. She's got her big battle axe. Every time Bowser's threatening her, even when it seems like she's giving in to Bowser, she's got a plan and she's not putting up with any of Bowser's shit. And I love her. She's voiced by Anya Taylor-Joy, who I absolutely love. And to be honest, I have a kind of a crush on. Uh, she was in Queen's Gambit. Um, just fantastic. Uh, just did a great job. And I really want to see Peach's personification, this particular one, in future games. I, I don't I, I want to see her like I know there was like a DS game. I still haven't played it. I still want to get it. I just want to see her be more of a hero. I want like the trouble with Bowser to not always be about Peach. In fact, I would be fine if it's never about Peach ever again. And I want Peach to be right on the level with Mario and Luigi as your heroes. And let me choose her and let me play through these games. I just really want to see that. Mario, honestly, Chris Pratt's voice was fine. I mean, it, it wasn't like a, a standout. But that kind of feels like it, I don't know, does that kind of fit Mario? Mario's always the standard character in a game. I don't know. I didn't really think much about Chris Pratt or think it was bad or whatever. I didn't like go gaga over it, like what a voice. I just sort of forgot about it. And that's fine. That's fine. Luigi was definitely a standout. Charlie Day is perfect <laughs> because Charlie Day is sort of a neurotic and Luigi's a neurotic. It's really a perfect, perfect fit. Loved it. Never would have told you he'd be a great voice. But once they did the casting for it, I was like, I see it. Uh, Toad, <laughs> played by Keegan-Michael Key from Key and Peele and uh, Schmigadoon. <laughs> he was a good Toad. I feel like they do a little digitization of his voice. Um, he was recently on, was it Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel? I can't remember. But he is talking about his voice and how high he had to do his voice. And he can really do the voice live. And it wasn't exact because I think they do some digital work on it a little bit. But he really yeah, can talk very high. Um, so it was pretty impressive. I thought he I thought he made a, a great toad. Jack Black was great as Bowser. Bowser's kind of the star of the movie in many ways. Uh, but he was great. The songs that he did, they were funny. Um, just I just really good. I love the scene where Bowser's hanging out and there's like some death metal going on. And everyone's, it's like, that is what Bowser's castle should be, right? It should be kind of like a, not a rave, but you know what I mean? Like, that should be that. They're bad guys. They should be sitting around doing bad guy stuff and drinking and whatever, like a gang. Um, I thought that was great. Seth Rogen was good as Donkey Kong. I, um, it, it was, it was fine. It was just Seth Rogen's voice or whatever, but it grew on me. Um, I'd love to see a couple options to it, but it was fine too. Um, that's good. Uh, one of the standouts to me was also Cranky Kong. I am a huge, if you haven't been able to tell from my, you know, Twitter and whatever, I'm a huge SNL fan. So all of the SNL greats are just in the pantheon of 
my my brain. I'm always thinking about SNL skits. And Fred Armisen is one of the great SNL cast members of all time. Just fantastic. And even in my review, I had to put a little call out to the Californians. Um, but he did. Fred Armisen did Cranky Kong. If you don't know Fred Armisen, you're wrong. You, you definitely know Fred Armisen. He was recently uh, Uncle Fester in the Wednesday series. Um, he's kind of everywhere, but he was uh, he did his own show, Portlandia, which is a really funny show. And he's just fantastic. He's always guesting on his own. I, I won't talk about Fred Armisen anymore. It was a weird choice to have Cranky Kong have sort of the, I want to say like the Brooklyn voice that Fred Armisen did. But I enjoy Fred Armisen's Brooklyn voice. So I had a great time with Cranky Kong. Um, who I guess is supposed to be the original Donkey Kong, right? Should we get into that? I don't need to get into that. But anyway, loved all the characters. I'm trying to think, did any characters really annoy me? I really don't. I can't think of one performance I didn't like. I thought they were all fine. I thought they were all good. I can't think of one moment in this movie that I did not enjoy either. I just, I can't. I can't think of one thing I did not like in this movie. When when they did the little montage of them traveling across the world. Oh my God, so good. If I had to say one negative thing, and I gave it a nine and a half out of 10. So you might be asking, well, why would you give it a nine and a half out of 10 if you loved it so much? Well, I loved it a ton. Okay, I already pre-ordered the movie. I'm probably gonna watch it again. The storyline was a little wimpy. I That didn't really bother me at all. But I can't give a movie a 10 out of 10 if it didn't have kind of an endearing story or whatever. And it wasn't a movie that got me emotional too much. It definitely had some sweet moments. But I don't know. Even animated movies can make me cry. You know, Drew Drew's, Drew is stone. But I think a movie that can make you laugh and then a movie that can, that same movie makes you cry is what makes a great movie. And this one didn't really make me cry. I, I feel like it could have, but it, it, it didn't. Um, but I did love it. There's one thing I could change. One, like one dream world situation. I wish they never showed the Mario Kart stuff in the trailers. I wish the Mario Kart stuff was a complete surprise. I just do. And I know in the movie they talk about the Mario they talk about the carts and then they have the scene where they're kind of going through the wheels and selecting their cart. I still would have been fine that they don't like start off right in it. But after they choose their carts and the carts go off and all the carts are following them, man, I would have been out of my mind watching that if I didn't, you know, know that that was going to happen. And then they're racing and then they go on to Rainbow Road. I just wish when they're in the air and it's like that slow motion and Mario's going down and you know he's going on Rainbow Road because you saw it in the trailer. It just kind of ruined that that moment. It would have been great if they would have hit. If you did not know that Mario Kart and or that Rainbow Road was at least Rainbow Road was in this game, in this movie, that would have been such a fantastic thrill in the theater right i think everyone would have cheered and went crazy but we all knew that rainbow road was in it so i understand you got to sell your movie with trailers i just wish i just wish none of the card stuff was in any of the trailers that'd have been fantastic and then just to wrap it up by the way the final boss battle was fun it was i love the 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 it's because like what do you do you know it's like a 2d game like what i just love the way they battled and then just right at the end when Mario's about to get hit by fire, and I thought maybe he would just get the superstar, but Luigi is protecting him with the manhole cover, and then they they grab the star at the same time. Fantastic. Um, great. The end credits, what we see in animated movies now, I mean, for the last 15, 20 years, is we get usually not a 3D credits we get like 2D. So it's almost like, let me satiate your love of 2D animation by making the 2D animators make these end credits and the end credits were just full of game references and color. It was just gorgeous. And then they went through the characters and the voices and that sort of stuff. So much fun. And then it happened. The last frame that you see of the end credits before it goes into the standard credits, when it said the president of Nintendo up there Furukawa, and then it said, I think it said former, Nintendo president Satoru Iwata and I was like talking to Michelle at that moment and I immediately just clamped up no I wasn't talking to Michelle I was talking to one of my kids because they had come over while the credits were on and I immediately clamped up and I could just feel it I was tearing up I was my 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 throat was closing up it was like it just hit me that 
Satoru Wada was probably alive when they started working on the beginnings of this movie. And clearly he wasn't around. If Even if he was, he wasn't around for very long in this movie. And they still thought of putting him in the credits. I mean, it makes me sad even now. They still thought of him. They still carry his name and his legacy forward in the credits of a movie in 2023. When did he die? Well, I want to think it was six years ago or five years ago at least. Um, he died, holy shit, 2015. Yeah, so I mean this movie, there's no way they were planning this movie eight years ago. Maybe they talked about it in a room saying we should do a movie. Um, but there's no way they were working on this movie when he was alive. And that was when he died. I mean, he had been in the hospital. So they still keep Iwata in their hearts all these years later that he got credited in this movie. That is just, man, that is just fan freaking tastic. <laughs> so really the only time that I kind of cried in this movie, and I did, I shed tears, was that final frame of the credits. That was great. We were watching the the bland credits after. Um, I can't remember when they showed the first post credit scene, and then they were in the boring credits. And so we started to go because I was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to do anything after." And as we were almost out of the theater, I could hear something going on, and I ran back to look. And I, as I'm running up the aisle, I can see the pipes or whatever. And just as I got to the front, you see the egg, the Yoshi egg, and you hear Yoshi or whatever. So I was the only one in our party of 13 to see that. <laughs> I do need to find the full clip of it because I missed the beginning of it. But absolutely fantastic movie. I can't wait to watch it again. Um, like I said, I think I'm going to try to watch it in theaters next weekend. And then, um, yeah, I'll probably watch it again when it comes out on Blu-ray. Absolutely loved it. It was great. I'm going to take one moment right here. Drew sent us his thoughts on the movie. I'm going to play these right now. Drew, what did you think of this movie? Hey, John, it's your number one fan, Drew. Sorry I couldn't be there tonight, buddy. Just don't feel 100%. And, you know, I've got to take care of myself. Got a big week ahead of me next week. Um, but, hey, John, what did the Easter egg say to the boiling water? It might take me a while to get hard, because I just got laid by some chick. John, I know you're talking about the Mario movie. I wish so bad I could be there talking to uh, about it with you. But I'm going to give you a quick one to two minute little rundown of what I thought about this thing. It was fucking great. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Huge smile from ear to ear the entire time. I'm going to give this film a 9.5. The only reason it's not a 10 is because it needed some more Goombas. That's it. Simple. Give me more Goombas. You did a 10. Let's talk about the characters. I loved all the characters. I mean, right down to Toad. Toad was awesome. Who expected Toad to be just so fun and witty? Um, the voices... They, they turned out great. Spectacular. You know, everyone that's bitching and complaining, just relax, guys. Just enjoy the movie. It was so much fun. It was everything we wanted, everything we needed. Just enjoy it. Who cares about the accents and whatnot? It's a movie, right? Just enjoy it. Um, the story, simple, fast-paced. I liked it. Again, fun. Fun's a key word. That's what I'm hearing about. You know, a lot of people saying it was just simply fun. Music. Music was awesome. Um, all, the, all the music, all the kind of remixes, some of the old school rock that was thrown in there, some of the original scores by Jack Black. I mean, Peaches. Who knew? Peaches. What a great little nickname. What a fun little song. I've listened to it numerous times already. Um, loved the background of the lore of, of the Mario Brothers in Brooklyn. It was more than I thought. I didn't think we had that much background lore, but it was it was fine. Was it too much? Eh, I don't know. Um, you know, the other part I have to have to mention was one of my favorite little parts. Pizza Punch Out. That place was awesome, awesome. All the way from the Jumpman arcade cabinet to all of the pictures of the contenders and Punch Out on the wall framed. That place was awesome. Um, it made me want to play a little Punch Out. Talk about that next time we talk. Uh... Yeah, but, you know, my favorite part of everything, you know, looking over and seeing my kids' faces. Seeing my son, like, kind of elbow me and say, hey, Dad, they just said they're going to go to the Kong Kingdom yet. You think that means Donkey Kong's going to be there? Like, priceless. Like, John, I hate to say it. I almost, uh, I did. I got a little teary-eyed. I'm not going to lie. But not because of the movie, because seeing my kids react to it was like, 
it, it, it got me. I'm not going to lie. You know me, John. I am not an emotional person, but it got me. Um, it was awesome, awesome seeing there. At the end of the day, I left that movie so fulfilled, so warm, so excited, so just everything. I just felt great. It was exactly what I wanted. I can't complain. I really can't. It was great. Um, it did leave me, though. Everyone talks about this Mario movie video game. And where is it? What would it be? Let me throw this at you really quick. How about this concept? What if you combined all these types of video games, Mario games, into one and made it into the Mario movie type franchise? All right. Think about Mario Remix. I know you just played a lot of that. Think about the different level designs that you'd have in a Mario movie game. Right. What if you took the actual mechanics of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, made a new track, let's say the Donkey Kong Kingdom track, and like that was a level in the game you had to finish in a certain spot. That'd be awesome, right? The whole Donkey Kong versus Bow uh, Mario uh, spot right there, legit like put in, you know, um, Smash Brothers. And you have to fight as those two characters. Like, you know, um, some of the 3D world type levels, some old school 2D levels. Um, so many different Mario games that you could put into this. Like, imagine that, you just literally go take the code, design a new level of it, and import it into a new game and call it the Mario Mar movie and have some tie-ins along the way. Um, they could do some really cool things with that. John, sorry I couldn't be there, buddy. I love you. I miss you. Hope you have a great show. Talk to you later. Drew, maybe your heart is not full of stone. A little bit sensitive. I love, I want to talk about that. I love the fact that Drew really enjoyed seeing the joy on his kids' faces. Um, I don't like to go to movies with my family when they watch like kids' movies, like Minions and like those kinds of movies. Uh, my wife will take them a lot in the summer. Or if they're off from school, like, you know, like spring break or whatever, she'll go with her friend. And they'll take all their kids and they'll go watch a movie. I never go because I honestly don't love theaters very much. I get very hypersensitive to people talking or anything that bugs me. And so going to this movie was really the first time in years that I went to go see a kid's movie where there's be a lot of kids. And you know how kids are. They can't shut the fuck up. They're in the background. There was kids. There was this one kid who was like, ah, that's that's Mario. and all that. But you know what? It didn't matter for this kind of movie. I kind of enjoyed hearing that and hearing kids really enjoy Nintendo characters because I'm not really around that. And I feel like kids are playing more serious games at an early age than when we were kids, when we had, you know, kids games like this. So I quite enjoy that. So I can totally see Drew's kids just loving this movie. Um, uh, one of my best friends, uh, Glenn, he took his daughter to see this movie and she absolutely loved it. And she's like four. And I'm just like, you know, we're going to see it a whole generation of young kids, especially the kids that went to see this movie that aren't necessarily Nintendo kids come home and say they want a Nintendo or whatever. And parents being like, wow, that's, that's what I want my kids playing. I don't want my kids playing Fortnite when they're six years old or whatever, you know? And I'm really curious to see what this does for console sales, for, you know, Mario sales. I, I'd love to see the impact of this. And we're about to see a, a Mario universe, not a Mario universe, but a Nintendo universe. You know, we've got the, the Universal uh, Amusement Park that just opened in California. We have the one in Japan. And, you know, we've seen so many promotions in Cold Stone and Vans and all that. So... We're starting to see Nintendo is really permeated in a way it never has before, even back in the 80s, um, all areas of pop culture and whatever. So we're starting to see kids are kids are going to start playing Nintendo again, and they're going to grow up as Nintendo fans forever and buy all the consoles and whatever. And I feel like Nintendo lost that in sort of the N64 and the GameCube era when their sales were, you know, they're getting their asses kicked by PlayStation. So... I'm really excited to see how this sort of changes gaming over the next 10, 20, 30 years. But absolutely just dug this film. Drew, I love your I love your review of it. And then once again, I did a 90-second review of this. You can find it on our our YouTube channel, Dad's After Dark Show. All right, we've got some listener questions. We had a bunch, and Drew isn't here, but I picked out a few questions that I feel like I can take care of. So uh, if if you've asked a question and you don't hear it here, it's because I'm holding it for next week when Drew is back. But I'm going to answer a few. First question comes from Chris HL 94 
with the trailer of the Mario movie showing Donkey Kong getting fire flower powers. Could we see a future 2D Mario game like New Super Mario Brothers where DK is a playable character? Chris, this is brilliant, and I think we will. We've talked about in the past that New Super Mario Brothers was supposed to be like kind of, I don't want to say like a reboot of 2D Mario, but we had seen a lot of 3D Marios, and then we got New Super Mario Brothers. But that game doesn't really keep too much nostalgia like the original games. And I think it's because it's just mostly like the original games, but it has this kind of newer look, and it doesn't have that retro feel or anything like that. Then we had Mario Maker, and the question was, why why make another 2D Mario game? We have unlimited levels and people making crazy things and good levels and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, granted, I don't play Mario Maker every day. Some people do. But, like, how, do, how does Nintendo go forward? And I think the only real way to go forward is to sort of reboot the franchise in a way where maybe you are using a Donkey Kong and you're using some different characters and not just Mario, Luigi, Peach, Toad, like that sort of thing. And you got to change up the game mechanics. So I don't think we're going to see the classic Mario formula anymore, but I could really see a reboot of the 2D franchises. And I think having Donkey Kong getting Fire Flower powers would be perfect. I think it's time to get some younger minds. Every time Nintendo has had younger developers work on games like Splatoon, we've gotten really great products. And I think that we need to have, you know, a fresh look at Mario and what we can do to make that better. And I'll tell you one of the great things of the new Super Mario Brothers series that I love and I hope does stay is the three big coin thing where every level has three big coins and you can actually tell kind of where they are in the level based on the order, right? If you play through the level and you got the last two, you know that the first one is before the second one. That's the kind of thing. But I want to see fresh new things. I want to see worlds you know, similar to Sackboy where every level and Yoshi where every level has different challenges to complete. Um, you know, I just want to see that. But uh, that would be great. I want to see that from Donkey Kong. Second question, also from Chris HL 94 and perhaps expected. How great is NHL 94? Isn't it the greatest sports game of all time? Wouldn't you love to play NHL 94 Rewind on the Nintendo Switch? I have to say, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I played more NHL 93 than 94, but that was more of a byproduct of that's the game that I owned, and I wasn't going to buy NHL every year. I'm not that big a hockey fan. And that was the game my brother and I played all the time on Super Nintendo, NHL 93, and we had a blast. Last time I visited New York, I brought my Super Nintendo with me, and I brought that game with me, and we played a game of it again. Um, NHL 94 would be great to play. I didn't play it that much, but it's like, you know, the best one in the series, and I love the blue ice. Um, so I would love to see it on Switch. Uh, hanging out for EA to do it, I mean, EA has has been super disappointing game company for years. Their games don't really reach me. Um, and I don't really care if they're, I kind of, the way they just dumped the Wii U, I never really appreciated. I thought the one Madden game on Wii U was kind of buggy and kind of gross and, and stuttery. And I just don't think they, they don't put their best efforts for Nintendo forward. So I don't really care about EA, but would I like to see an HL 94 on there? You bet I would. And I'd love to be able to play it online and I'd love for it to be really good. I would love to play maybe a season. I always used to play the Detroit Red Rings for some reason on the NHL 93. I think they were just really good back then. But yeah, um, definitely would like to see that. I think Drew would too. Drew's, Drew's you know, if he's not going to hockey ref anymore, he needs to get his his hockey love out there. Last question. Thanks, Chris. And Chris HL 94 for both your questions. Last question is from Darth Platypus. Did either of you get any of the other stuff on pre-order? You bet I did, Darth Platypus. Um, I can tell you, I'll answer for Drew, which is why I chose this question. Drew pre-ordered the standard edition of Tears of the Kingdom. Um, he said he doesn't want to get the special edition at all. And as far as I know, he didn't order anything else. He's definitely not getting the OLED. Um, I don't think he got the Pro Controller. He doesn't, you know, buy all the things. I, on the other hand... Um, 
ordered all the things. So I did pre-order the Amiibo. I did pre-order originally two standard versions of the game because my wife and I are both going to play it and we don't want to battle over it. Sometime later, what is it? I'm looking at it now. Oh, yeah, like a month and a half later, I guess. Oh, no. Two and a half months later. Wow. Really? Wow. I was able to get a pre-order in for the special edition of Tears of the Kingdom through Amazon. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be delivered on launch day. Um, the last email I got said May 16th, which is four days later. So I told Michelle, I was like, look, I'm not going to buy a second version and then try to sell it or whatever. So for maybe three or four days, we might have to pass the cartridge back and forth. It might work out. She might be doing some sub work. We'll see. So I'll play during the day and then give it back to her. No big deal. But yeah. Um, so I refunded one of them. We are buying the Zelda OLED. I think it's ugly, honestly. When they when they released, when we thought, when it was leaked originally, I thought that was a hoax because it looked like, it's the Joy-Cons that bug me. Um, the Splatoon Joy-Cons, the decals go all the way around the controller. On this Zelda one, it's like right on the front. It looks like a sticker that you buy, and there will be a sticker that you could buy that you can put on your Joy-Cons. I just, I don't love it. I don't love it. However, Michelle does not have an OLED. Uh, I don't know why I offered her my old OLED uh, when she said no, I sold it to Tim. <laughs> but she doesn't have an OLED because, well, and, and also because she has the Animal Crossing Switch. And I'm just like telling her, oh, the OLED's so nice or whatever. So she is like in recent months, you know, kind of said, I'm going to hold out for like a special edition OLED for Tears of the Kingdom. And sure enough, they're doing it. So I'm okay with it because then I can get the box. Um, but she can play with the um, the OLED. So we did pre-order the OLED. I also pre-ordered the Pro Controller because I, for some stupid freaking reason, I buy every unique Pro Controller that Nintendo ever puts out for the Switch. And I intend on finishing that collection um, by continuing to get this Pro Controller. So I got the Pro Controller. That's for me. And yeah, pre-ordered all the things. By the way, I'm looking at my pre-ordered list. I keep a spreadsheet of the things I pre-order so I don't forget in case I never get it. Um, I have all that stuff on here. I still have a pre-order for Inscription from Special Reserve that should be coming. It says Q2 of 2023, so that that should be coming soon. Um, the Celeste Deluxe Edition, which is supposed to be in June. That was from Fan Gamer. That's a second special edition we've got of Celeste, but I love Celeste so much. I have a pre-order for Analog Pocket that I put in January of 2022, and it's now April 2023, and I still don't have it. I uh, can't wait to get that. And then I pre-ordered the Tunic Special Edition. That's supposed to come way in July. I still feel like if I play that game, I want to play it on PlayStation. But I did pre-order the physical edition because I have a feeling Michelle will want to play it again. But then at least I can try it too. So whatever. And that's it. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, I will wrap up. Thank you for listening to Just Me. I know you missed Drew. Um, hopefully got a, a nice little bit of him. I didn't want to just do a quick half-hour special show. I wanted to do a little bit more. And honestly, it's been a stressful week. And I'm sitting here with my Pepsi. And uh, it's, it's, sometimes it's just nice to like talk and let it out. I had to talk about my house painting and my eye and all that stuff. So thanks for listening if you're still listening here. And I had to talk about the Mario movie, which I knew would take a little while. What do we have coming up this week? Let me tell you this. This week, there's one game coming out of note, and that is Wild Frost on April 12th. And we only learned about that like a couple weeks ago. I am so excited. There's a demo for this game. I have intentionally not played the demo because I know I'm playing the game. Um, but even Justin loved the demo. Drew played through the demo. If you like card games, this will probably be really fun. And if you don't like card games, I've heard that this is pretty advanced, I guess. But man, it looks so good. And Chucklefish is a really good developer slash publisher. Uh, this is day one for me. In fact, I have been playing Wargroove continuously, mostly because I don't want to start anything new on Switch. I am waiting for Wild Frost on is that Wednesday. That's a weird date. Really? Eight, nine, ten? Yeah, I guess Wednesday. I'm waiting for Wild Frost, so I don't want to start anything new until then. Um, but I can't wait. 
I'll tell you what, next week after Wild Frost, oh my God, there's going to be some big time games coming out. Um, I know the Horizon DLC is coming out and maybe we don't talk about it too much here, but Advance Wars comes out the week after uh, Disney Speedstorm. Uh, Disney Speedstorm. There's a lot coming out. April is a huge month, um, but for this week, it's all about Wild Frost. All right. Hope you had a good time. Happy Easter, everybody. Good night, dads. The Dads After Dark show is part of the Nintendo Dads family of podcasts. You can subscribe to us anywhere podcasts are available, including Google, Overcast, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you're using Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Pretty please? Be sure to join us on the Nintendo Dads Discord in our Dads After Dark channels for some naughty After Dark talk. Leave us a voicemail with Anchor and we'll play it on our next show. Check our podcast description for the link. Follow us on Twitter and now TikTok at NDadsAfterDark or email us at dadsafterdarkshow at gmail.com. And a big thank you to Family Jewels for our show's music. That's all for tonight. Good night, dads. Sweet dreams.